If you're hurting the one you love and you just can't seem to stop yourself, get the first four lessons of the Healed Being program for free. This is the life and relationship changing program that I created to help those who just can't seem to stop their hurtful and sometimes abusive behavior. In my opinion, this program is the magic formula to creating the strongest, longest lasting relationship possible. Check it out over at healedbeing.com. And don't take it from me. Read the testimonials while you're on the website. They say it all. Healedbeing.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I'm gonna, uh, I want to help you. <laughs> I want to help you learn the skills you need to deal with life's challenges in the most emotionally intelligent way. Maybe not in the most grammatically intelligent way, but this show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. All right, I'm going to get right to the first email today. Uh, I might have another one later. Um, don't know if there's going to be a second one or not, but I'm just going to read this to you because it is uh, important. I think this is what happens to a lot of us, is that we get overwhelmed, and this is what this show is all about in a roundabout way sometimes, but this is a an email about someone getting overwhelmed, and I want to address it right away. So this person wrote, Paul, thank you so much for your podcast, which is doing a lot to make me more resilient. I'm in my 50s, and I'm just post-divorce a few years ago, but I'm having difficulty adjusting. I find work, cooking, and household chores exhausting. I spend one day a week hiking with a friend to make sure that I get fresh air and exercise. My mom is in a residential care facility uh, three hours away suffering from heart failure, and my dad lives alone another few hours away with the supportive neighbors. I phone both on a daily basis, and I've been visiting my mother on a weekly basis. My dad has a sister that lives a few hours away, and that sister says passive-aggressive comments to me about not visiting often enough. I have lovely friends, but I don't see them often, and I also love cooking, reading, and traveling, but I'm not able to do those at the moment. I would love to date and meet new people. I'm an only child who is feeling very lonely, tired, and disconnected. What to do? I'm just going to sit with that for a minute. <laughs> that is not a, a pleasant place to be. Because the whole world is on your shoulders. I get it. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for writing. And, you know, how I approach something like this is I, I read what's in between the lines. I see your life. I try on your life. And I think to myself, okay, Paul, what do I do when I'm in this situation? I am overwhelmed. All of this stuff is going on in my life, and most of it isn't how I can enjoy life. It's not something that I am really engaged to do every day. In fact, I don't want to do some of this stuff. So I don't know how you feel about your mom and dad. I'm assuming that you love them and you want them to live long and happy lives as long as they possibly can. 
it doesn't sound like they're in the best of shape and I'm sorry about that absolutely and I'm sure that weighs down on you as well like if I don't call them every day I'll feel guilty if something happens if I don't visit them as much as possible I'll feel guilty if something happens I'm sure well I'm gonna guess that there's a lot of guilt inside and that guilt is weighing down on you and let me ask you this if that's the case if that's true how would you feel if guilt wasn't present? How would you feel if you didn't feel guilty? Well, let's just say that guilt wasn't a part of this. If guilt is very pervasive in your life, if that's what's motivating you, for lack of a better term, it's driving you to uh, continue doing everything you're doing just in case, if someone dies, just in case, I better call them today. Just in case, I better visit more often. Then uh, let me ask you, what happens to you? How do you feel when there's no more guilt? That might be hard to try on. I don't know. But I want you to try it on because if it's guilt, let's just say that guilt didn't exist, does that change things for you? I'm not saying that what's happening now is going to change. I'm, I'm just asking you about guilt. So if guilt is not in your life, does that change things? Does it make you feel different? Does it make you do different things? Because if guilt is a primary driver in your decision making, then of course you're going to feel lonely, tired, and disconnected. You're going to feel miserable because guilt is the driver. Now it may have started off as love, connection, compassion. You know your parents aren't close. I mean to you. They're not in proximity. They're not close to you. So you may have had or still have a lot of love and connection and compassion with, with them and for them. But um, now what's driving you? Because that probably started off with you feeling love and connection and compassion for them. But then it turned into a job. It turned into an obligation. It turned into a responsibility. I mean, you can have both. You can have love and connection and compassion and responsibility. But what ends up happening is one overrides the other. or Many override the love and connection and compassion that you once felt. Not that you don't feel those things now. But guilt can often do a job on you like that. It can often be... Uh, the overriding factor in your decision-making. And when it is, uh, that's your foundation. Your foundation is how you feel at the deepest layer, at the deepest level. So if guilt is in there and it is driving your behaviors, then of course you're not going to feel connected. You're not going to feel the compassion and the love that you want to feel. So let me present you with another scenario. Let's just say that uh, someone came along and said, you know, don't call your mom and dad. Don't visit them. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take care of that for the next month. Let me take care of this. I've got this. I love them just as much as you. And I want to make sure that they have a familiar face and a familiar voice. And I'm going to go visit them. I'm going to call them every day. I'm going to make sure that they see a familiar face and that they're happy and they're feeling good, or at least as happy as they can be. I want to connect with them. I want to show them compassion. I want to show them love. Giving you the option to take a month off 
of visiting your parents, calling them, unless you want to. You certainly can. You can certainly call them if you'd like. But there's no obligation. There's no responsibility. And now I'm taking, hopefully I'm taking guilt out of the equation. If it's part of it. It may not be part of it. You didn't mention it. But I'm just laying this out there just in case it is. Because I want to take guilt out of the equation, out of the formula for your decision making. So that you have a different understanding, a different feeling, a different perception when you make decisions. So that you make decisions based on something else. Now if it's not guilt that you're feeling, whatever the negative feelings are, pull those out of the equation. I, I know that you can't just pull them out. <laughs> but work with me here. Try, try this out. Because this is part of what's happening inside. Is that the negativity, the feelings, the thoughts that you have, all of that is part of your decision making. It's part of how you view your enjoyment or lack thereof in life how you feel inside, how fulfilled you feel, how satisfied you are or unsatisfied you are. All of these are part of your perception. They're part of your reality. And when you take certain elements out of your reality, your reality changes. So we take guilt out. We take, I don't know, is anger in there? Is sadness in there? Let's pull that stuff out too. Because when you pull that stuff out, what decisions are you making now what are you choosing to do now I've given you a month off I've given you that month to be yourself connect with yourself and do what you want to do and when you have that month what do you do how do you think how do you feel what are you doing differently now I'm not going to just leave you there and say okay that's all you need to do <laughs> what I want you to do is remember that you have to fill your own cup first. We all know this. Put the oxygen mask on first. Fill your own cup first because I want you to bring the best version of yourself to every phone call and to every visit with those you love. You have to. You have to bring the best version of yourself. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but I'm saying your, your life will be better. You will be happier if you decide to bring the best version of yourself to those situations. Now, I'm going to assume that there's guilt in this, and this is where my answer is going here, my response to you. I'm going to assume that you feel guilty if you don't call or you don't visit. And in fact, you said that your dad's sister is saying things passive-aggressively, and again, I'm going to assume that it bothers you enough that you might feel that guilt. So again, I'm working on the concept or the premise that you feel guilty at a deeper level. And when you don't feel guilty, you make different decisions and you show up differently. So in order to take guilt out of the equation, I definitely want to remind you that no matter what, and this is not going to be easy to hear, no matter what, if one of them or both of them pass, you will still feel guilty. I will let you off the hook in a second. The reason I'm saying this is because even if you called an hour before one of them passed, if they passed and you didn't say what you wanted to say at that time, you should have been nicer. You should have been more uh, connected. You should have, you're going to have a lot of I should have been's. 
when you know you hear this news that one of them passed but let's just say your mom passed and you didn't call you know when do you call maybe you called 11 a.m. every day but you found out that she passed at 10:30 or maybe she passed at 11:15 you were late and you didn't call what does that mean that means you're probably going to feel guilty you know i hope you don't but i think most of us would i think most of us would feel guilty in that situation or have some sort of regret some sort of bad feeling and maybe there's no guilt in there but if there is that's what I'm talking about is that no matter how much you do when the time comes when someone passes you're probably going to feel guilty anyway that's not motivational advice <laughs> I'm not telling you to that I'm not telling you that to feel good I'm telling you that because you're putting yourself through so much misery and agony right now, assuming that there's guilt in there. But let's just say there is. You're putting yourself through so much that you're doing things that take up all your time, all your energy, when no matter how much you do, you'll feel that it still wasn't enough when the time comes. And because of that, and because you'll feel like it still wasn't enough, then you have to ask yourself, why am I putting myself through these paces now? Maybe I should take another day off. Maybe I should do another day of climbing or hiking or whatever it is you do. Maybe I should reconnect with myself because I won't be able to uh, cover all my bases, fill in all the gaps. I, I won't be able to do any type of preventative maintenance to make sure that I feel good about what I've done, if that makes sense. Meaning, let's just say you call your mom every single day and you decide to start calling her um, every other day or skip one more day in the week. You know, Do something for yourself. The problem is, of course, like I said, if she passes that day, now you will feel guilty. And that's what I'm saying is that no matter what you do, you will still feel that. But what ends up happening is if you do start taking more time to yourself, you start showing up differently. You don't have this as much negative energy, I should say, or maybe not at all. Maybe you start filling your own cup so that you show up as the person that you want to be with them because I'm sure it gets very difficult traveling and making these phone calls and just putting so much energy into these relationships that I'm sure are worth it. I'm sure they are worth it because you feel fulfilled and they're your parents and you want to connect with them in some way because you know time is short, time is limited. But you still have to fill your own cup. Now, I understand that we could look at this as, yeah, but they only have so much time left. I get that. I get that. And what I'm trying to at least convey to you is that it's going to happen. You know, people we love are going to pass. They're going to die. And we really have to uh, come to terms with that. That's just part of life. And we just have to understand that that's going to happen and no matter what we do, we're probably going to have some sort of regret or guilt that accommodates that uh, if we feel the obligation to continue keeping in touch with them 
just in case, just in case, so we don't miss, you know, that opportunity to talk to them one last time or connect with them that one last time. And I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm not saying that this is good advice. It may not be. But I do know that the more you wear yourself down, the less you can show up as yourself and truly create an authentic connection. It's very difficult to be authentic, compassionate, and loving when you give those things to other people but not to yourself. You can show up as compassionate, loving, and caring to another person, but if you feel drained after that, then that's an indication that you're not giving it to yourself. And it causes you to feel stressed and overwhelmed, and eventually even it can happen, this can happen, it can turn into resentment. You can start to feel resentful toward the people you love. And when you feel resentful, obviously that's not conducive to a happy, healthy, satisfying relationship. So I I wanted to throw that in there just in case because connection with yourself, grounding yourself, meaning where do you feel most comfortable? Where do you get the most energy, you know, recharging yourself. Where does that happen? When does that happen? Does it happen when you take that day off? Because if it does, maybe you need another one. And maybe you'll take a day off and that'll be the day. And I'm going to just throw this at you and it's it's very unfair that I'm doing this. I'm not telling you what to do, but it's it's something that I have learned. You know, I actually got to talk to my father a few days before he passed. And yes, I felt guilty because I had let 10 years go by before, um, I think my brother, yeah, my brother called and said, Dad's in the hospital. And I hadn't talked to my dad in 10 years. There were some old issues that we just never patched up or I never just kept in touch with him and he never kept in touch with me. And then I find out he's in the hospital. So now I have a 10-year gap where I never talked with him. I don't know what he's doing, if he met someone, where he's living. I had no idea. So my brother calls and says, Dad's in the hospital. So now I have to really come to terms with that because I missed all this time. And I went to visit him in the hospital. It was a different state. And I got to connect with my, or reconnect with my brother and reconnect with my dad and get to know him again and get to know him from a a totally different place because I had done so much personal growth work and healing and uh, he was nothing like I remembered at the same time exactly as I remembered except I didn't have the perception I have today and so I saw him as a completely different person which was very enlightening for me but I saw him and, and we connected he had cancer and he was pretty bad and then I left he was I think doing okay when I left and then a few days later he called me And we had a great conversation. And for some reason, I knew this would be the last time that we talked. And so I made the most of the conversation. But after we hung up, um, I found out a few days later he did pass on. He did die. And I, I was just, I was grateful that I got to talk to him one last time. I was absolutely so grateful because it had been 10 years. But at the same time, I feel like man, I should have called him more. I should have called him the next day. If I knew he was going to die, if I knew this was our last conversation, why didn't I? I had those feelings. I had those thoughts. I had those regrets. And I had to uh, really reconcile those inside my mind. 
but I remember focusing on the last conversation. And I think that's another key to this is that when we have conversations with people that we care about, if we act as if we're not going to talk again, even though that sounds a little morbid, but if we act that way, then we feel differently when we're talking to them. This could be it. This could be the last time. And at the same time, that can take a lot of energy. That can take a lot of energy pouring that energy into every phone call or every visit. But uh, I think when you fill your own cup, when you are compassionate towards yourself, when you love yourself, when you give yourself the time that you need and the connection, the, the grounding that you need for you to charge and recharge, that you can do this, that you can really show a connection. You really feel it. You can really connect with someone at that level, at that deeper level. Because it's very hard to go deep when you feel like you can't even breathe. You get there and you're exhausted, you're overwhelmed. You can't breathe, it's too hard. And then you just give the 5% you have left to someone you probably really care about, but it's only 5%. And I'm a believer that it's best to fill your own cup so that you can show up as the best version of yourself, full of self-compassion, self-love, so that you are so abundant in it that you can freely give it to someone else. You have excess. And when you have excess, it's easier to give that. So everything I'm saying, again, isn't necessarily saying uh, do this. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm telling you to think about it. I'm telling you that it's quite possible that you are overextending yourself when you don't need to. And that's not for me to say because, like I said, you could skip one day and that could be the day. That could be the, the day someone passes. Or that could be the day they get really sick or, you know, whatever. Your dad's sister uh, really lays it into you. Now what? Now you have more feelings about it. So this is something that I just want you to think about. And it may even involve just a, a tiny little change in your routine. Like if you call every day at 11 o'clock, then maybe call at 2 o'clock that day and take those three hours to do something for yourself. Let me see, 11 to 12, 12 to, yeah, three hours. <laughs> but do it. Make that connection, make that time with yourself. Because that, in my opinion, is the best way to connect with someone, is when you can connect with them from a fully um, realized version of yourself. If it's not fully realized, then you do show up exhausted, and the rest of your life feels exhausting because it's always the next thing and the next thing. I'm hoping I've given you some things to chew on, some things to think about, because going forward, you're going to need to have a deeper connection with yourself in order for you to continue something very difficult. Like your parents are in different places. It's very hard to continue what you're doing. And like the other stuff you said, I didn't even address the other stuff you said. You've been divorced. You are lonely and you have other things going on in your life and this other person is being very passive aggressive and what do you do with all this stuff well it is helpful to start with baby steps it is helpful to take one step forward so that you can move toward a more comfortable and peaceful existence even though things are still difficult things are still maybe tiring they could still be tiring but you just need more energy in your system you need more fuel 
and fuel is made by connecting with yourself, grounding yourself, showing yourself love and compassion and support. And when you fill that up, when you fill your cup, you get to overflow that cup onto other people. That doesn't sound right, but (laughs) you know what I mean? You get to put your abundance out there and that abundant love you have for yourself can connect with others. And it's felt. And when people try to put you down and make you feel like you're not doing enough, then that's their issue, not yours. And, you know, that is a different scenario. Like if your dad's sister calls and says, you're not visiting enough, you should be visiting more. Just tell her you're doing the best you can. And if she's not happy with it, that you're okay with that. That's fine. (laughs) I mean, that may not be a conversation that you want to have. But if she says, well, that's not enough, then you can say, okay, I'm sorry you don't feel that way. I'm sorry you don't feel that way, but I love my dad and I'm going to see him as often as I possibly can. How often I see him has nothing to do with how much I love him. How often I see him has nothing to do with how much I want to see him. It has to do with the ability to be able to do it. I'm doing the best I can and I'm sorry if that's not good enough for you. I mean, what else are you going to say to someone like that? I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm sorry if that's not good enough for you. She says, well, it's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you going to say? What kind of argument can you have after that? It's not good enough. I'm sorry if my best I can is not good enough for you. That's all I can say. It can't go any further. She might have to be angry for the rest of her life. And this is one of those things, again, that no matter how much you do, some people won't ever be satisfied. So she may not ever be satisfied. You could visit three times a day and she probably ask, why didn't you visit the fourth time that day? Why didn't you come again? Why didn't you stay the whole weekend? There's a lot of people out there that really think um, that they know the answers, that they know the best course of action, and they have no idea. (laughs) They have no idea. They just believe what they want to believe and think they know the answers, and they don't know everything. They don't know what you're going through. They don't know how you feel. Because eventually you'll burn out and you won't have any connection that you want to have and we don't want that to happen. So I hope this helps. I hope this gives you something to work on or think about. I don't know if it does. Obviously, when the world feels like it's against you, it can be very difficult to get out from under that. And um, Listen at the end of the the show. I'm going to read something that I wrote just this morning that I want you to hear and I hope that helps as well. But Again, thanks for writing. I I wish you much strength through this and work on a more solid, more positive foundation of you. Self-compassion, self-love, self-care so that you can give the best care to others. We'll be right back after this. One of my favorite products is back on this show. It's Magic Mind. This is the little bottle. It's like a little drink bottle, and it comes in a box of several of them. And what I do is drink a Magic Mind on the same days I drink tea. And what happened when I started doing this is that it caused me not to crave any more caffeine after that. So I used to drink two or three glasses of tea, maybe more, a day. 
And I started taking Magic Mind on a daily basis, just drinking that little bottle. And I wasn't craving the tea like I used to. So that craving for caffeine just diminished. Now I sleep better, I feel better, I even think better because Magic Mind is for being more calm and relaxed and productive. The good folks at Magic Mind tell me it's the L-theanine. Apparently it has an amino acid that extends the absorption of caffeine, giving you the calmness while also keeping you alert. I love this stuff. I drink it every day. It is something that I look forward to, and it's something that I want you to check out yourself. Go to magicmind.co forward slash brain, and you'll get 40% off your subscription if you order within the next 10 days of this recording. And they are offering this huge discount, 40% off if you order within 10 days. And you got to use my code BRAIN20 when you're checking out. So go to magicmind.co forward slash brain. Use the code BRAIN20 to get your 40% off in the next 10 days. I want you to grab this big discount while you can. magicmind.co forward slash brain. And while we're focused on solutions instead of problems, our sponsor today, BetterHelp, is here to help you train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when facing challenges in your life. You just heard me talk about all the challenges that other person's going through in the first segment, and uh, BetterHelp can be a lifeline. Maybe that's what they need. They offer convenient, affordable, and accessible online therapy where you get matched to a therapist specifically educated to help you with exactly what you're going through. The best part is, in the small chance that they aren't a fit, you can just choose another one. Therapy was the pivot I needed to help me start seeing that the future was bright after all. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. If you want to be a better problem solver, let BetterHelp get you there. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash brain. There's no better feeling than finding a solution. Welcome back. I wanted to save this for the end of the show during the outro section, but uh, I think I'm going to read it now. It's very related to what I was just talking about and also a number of other things. And it's um, something that maybe would be inspiring or motivating or somewhat positive to hear. It's something I wrote this morning and I wanted to add it to the show because it has to do with um, our outlook in life when things are down, our perception of negativity versus positivity versus wherever we go in our perceptions. And it can be helpful to maybe have a slightly different perception so that we don't become miserable. We don't become a um, thorn in our own side. We can do that sometimes. We can become our own problem just by the way we think. Like looking at a staircase and seeing it go up and up and up and thinking, oh, this is going to be awful. <laughs> so many stairs. I don't want to do this. It's going to tire me out. It just looks terrible. That is a mindset thing. You're thinking ahead, making yourself miserable, looking at this staircase that just continues to go up and up and up. And you're thinking in ways that aren't going to be helpful on your journey. Let's put it that way. So that's a perception. You may look at that and think all these things because you believe you know yourself well enough 
that on the hundredth stair or the thousandth stair, you're going to be so exhausted, you're going to be miserable. And that mindset puts you into a miserable state or an anxious state or just a frustrated or annoyed or whatever state. And it can change your motivation. It can de-incentivize you. And when it does, your mood changes. You don't feel as good or confident as you did. Like if you thought you were going to climb 10 stairs <laughs> and it turns out to be 10,000 stairs, you have a different attitude. So I'm going to read this to you and I hope it makes an impact for you. This is, again, something I wrote this morning and it's actually based on this email. So let me read the email first. This person wrote, Hey Paul, my name is, I won't tell you her name. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of weeks now, every day, and it's helped me more than I can tell you. I've been in therapy for many years and I'm in my 40s now. I've struggled with anxiety, depression, anger, and low self-esteem and many health issues my whole life. I have uh, teenagers and a husband who's a workaholic and uh, he's also a recovering alcoholic and I have spent every day stressed out and overwhelmed. I found your podcast one day and started listening and I noticed that I'm more relaxed and I'm not as angry and I'm able to process my thinking and actions in a way that I never have before. And it saved my marriage and honestly my life because I've considered dying. Thank you so much for your podcast. It's such a powerful thing. I get humbled by, by messages like this and I, I don't know what to say sometimes. I'm speechless. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I want you to live. I want you to move forward. And I also, and this is something I feel every time I receive a message like this, I also want to congratulate you or tell you how proud I am. And I don't mean that to sound condescending or sarcastic or like I'm better or smarter. It's nothing like that at all. I am just, I, I'm amazed by some people who are in the lowest space that write to me and say, I'm in a better space. Whether it's because of my show, whether it's because what I teach, doesn't matter. When they say I'm in a better space now because of these steps that I took, they may not say that specifically, but that's how I read it. I took these steps to better myself, and this is where I am now. I feel better. My outlook has changed. My perception has changed. I feel more positive about the future. I am no longer allowing people to cross my boundaries. You know, sometimes I get those. And uh, it's just inspiring to me because those are very hard steps. I had to go through a lot of these steps myself. So I know what it's like. And I'm so glad when I'm a part of that journey, the overall brain, my other show, Love and Abuse, I'm so honored that someone would listen to my show and get the inspiration or motivation or even information they need to take the next step that you still have to take. Those are the steps that you have to take. I may be a part of that, but taking those physical steps to move forward, to gain some momentum in your life is the, you know, I'm 1% of that and you're 99% of it. You just needed maybe one thing that I said or one way to respond to someone or one little suggestion or one thought and then you did all the hard work. So I want you to know that that takes a lot of effort, a lot of energy on your part. And that's why I feel so humbled when you say things like this. So this person who wrote, thank you so much. And I'm so glad you're in a different space, or at least you're getting into a different space. You're getting more positive. You're, you're having a different outlook. And I wanted to read this to you. 
I am I wrote something this morning that I thought I was just going to use for some notes but it turns out that I just kept writing <laughs> so I want to read this to you as part of my response to you here it goes I want to tell you that every resource you need is out there it's just that unless you find it you may not think it exists or you may think that you're beyond help maybe you're convinced that there is no solution and no reprieve the reality is every time I felt the worst I've stayed open to the idea that there's a solution or at least a new perception that will help me feel better never give up always continue it's a struggle it's suffering no doubt and quite frankly it sucks to go through it but when you're in the thick of it all all you see is the worst of it when you're down and out you can't see the way out when you feel awful it can be hard to see any good in your life in those moments which can sometimes last a long time it feels like it will never end but don't be your own demise what I mean by that is don't let what's happening to you defeat you because if you do that's what makes us give up and then we end up falling into thinking that uh, may not be necessarily healthy for us our thoughts are always clouded when we are suffering because of that we have to rise above those clouds to see the beacon sometimes way over there it seems so far away but it's there and that's what can keep you going when you see the beacon you keep taking one step at a time until you reach it that might mean you go through a lot more hell until you arrive but you will arrive because you're not going to be your own demise you're going to try until you succeed you know I don't believe in there is no try <laughs> hell yes there is a try 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 and try again until you can't try anymore just don't mark yourself off as done until well the world takes you down because you don't want to be your own demise you don't want to be what stops you from reaching that beacon you want to show that you are going to walk forward until you are stopped beyond your capacity to move and even when you get to that point you'll find that you still have the energy to take even more steps toward the beacon and into a better place in yourself life can be challenging it brings suffering it causes us to be blind to the destination sometimes so when it blinds us we must be ready to move forward anyway my mom chose to stay with an abusive man for over 40 years she regrets not having left him a lot sooner she was afraid she couldn't see the beacon she couldn't see past the front door and out into the real world where the deep chasm of the unknown was simply too scary to fall into sometimes we have to take a leap of faith into that unknown in order to realize just how resilient we are and maybe even perhaps just how close to that beacon of change we really are wherever you are in your life always remember that the emotional fog that we sometimes get into always clears we just have to keep moving forward even if we can't see what we're moving toward if you're happy where you are then make the most of it if you're not then start thinking about the first step into something different even if it's just a small step like something different about your routine and most of all don't be your own demise don't let you convince yourself that there's no more road to travel every time I felt that way in the past a new road appeared 
Yes, sometimes it took years, and I just wanted to die. It just felt that would be the best way to go. But every time, I kept moving forward and persevering until I was my own hero. Sometimes we have to be the hero we need when no one else steps up. And I think that's the most important part of this, is that sometimes we have to take care of ourselves. That sounds miserable when you're alone, when you're lonely, when you want to be with other people. But, um, and I'm not reading anymore here, <laughs> but this is what I feel. This is what I see in our lives is that sometimes we are alone. Sometimes we have to do things on our own. And yes, you can be miserable or maybe you're not. Maybe you're fine being alone or doing that thing on your own. And I love doing things alone. I'm the introvert. <laughs> if you're an introvert, you know what I mean. But uh, this is what happens is that sometimes we are alone. Sometimes we have to go through some of life's challenges alone and we have to show up as our own hero. It's like um, back in 2014, I had a guy on the show and he says, you know, I get really nervous when I go on stage. And when I do, I tell myself, don't worry, you got this. So he's like uh, separating himself. He's hearing another version of himself say, don't worry, you got this. And I've even expanded upon that and said, hey, you know what? If you're nervous, I'll do this for you. <laughs> I'll take care of this. So it's that uh, dissociation that you can do on your own. And uh, I mean, consciously, because sometimes, you know, in very traumatic situations, there are people that dissociate and they aren't necessarily here, even though they're here. Uh, the best way to explain that is that you aren't externally uh, conscious anymore of what's going on. So if you're in trauma, if you're being abused, especially children go through this, then they'll dissociate. Sometimes they'll dissociate and they won't remember what happened because they became unconscious, but not necessarily unconscious. They just weren't connected to the outside world anymore. And when that happens, it's like life is happening to them, but they're not aware because they're hiding away inside. And so that's a terrible description of dissociation, but that's what I'm thinking about on the fly. This is what happens, is that we kind of separate from ourselves. And if we do that consciously, it can really help us get through certain situations and we can become our own hero. So, you know, I'm not talking about split personality. I'm saying you talk to yourself as if you are the most important person in the world, which you are. You are the most important person in the world. And once you understand that, you're going to protect that person. You're going to love that person. You're going to bring that person with you and be proud to show that person off to everyone you meet, even though it's you. <laughs> it's just you, but it is you, the greatest person in the world. The person that you are the most proud of. If that sounds egotistical, so what? <laughs> because ego and compassion are a fine balancing act. And when you give your ego a healthy boost, it is compassionate. And I'm all about self-compassion. Just like I said in the last segment, I'm all about self-compassion, self-love, building a solid foundation of you, an emotionally strong foundation of you, so that when you show up in the world and someone tries to disrespect you or cross your boundaries... You can say, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you step outside yourself if you have to and become your own hero. I'm sorry. 
uh, I don't want to be in this space with you disrespecting me. So if you're going to continue this behavior, I'm going to walk away. I mean, certainly I'm not going to say those exact words. I'm going to say, hey, look, if you continue disrespecting me, uh, I'm not going to have it, and you can stand here by yourself. I'm walking away. However, if you want to talk, I'm happy to continue, but you can't go on continuing to talk like that to me. You know, I'd come up with something like that because, man, I love myself. <laughs> I love you, Paul. How often can you say that to yourself, or how often will you say that to yourself? I'm not saying that this is, you know, look in the mirror and say, I love you. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that you just have to feel it. You have to feel good about yourself. And if you don't feel good about yourself, work on it. You know, this is a self-forgiveness uh, existence. If we don't forgive ourselves, it's very hard to exist, at least in a more positive, happier state. I believe there has to be a level of self-forgiveness to occur inside you as you go through life because we're going to mess up. We're going to do stupid things and then we're going to say, man, I wish I hadn't done that. Man, I was so stupid. Why did I do that? That was so awful. I am such a bad person. And then later on, you can be gentler on yourself and tell yourself or at least remind yourself that you didn't know what you know now. You didn't know then what you know now and you didn't have the resources back then. If you did, you would have acted differently. You would have done things differently. You would have chosen a different path. You would have made a different decision. We didn't know then what we know now. If we did, we wouldn't have done what we did. And if you did great things, good. <laughs> but if you did things that you regret or that you feel guilty about or you just can't seem to get past, you've got to give yourself a break. You've got to forgive in a way that tells yourself that I wish I had done better, but I didn't. So therefore, I can continue focusing on what I did, or I can look toward the future and continue doing the best I can. Because sometimes, well, all the time, <laughs> that's all I can do. That's all I can do. I'm just going to continue doing the best I can. And if anybody ever comes up to me and says, you're not good enough, you're stupid, you're not trying hard enough, I can just say, I'm doing the best I can. And if they say, well, that's not good enough, I can probably reply, I'm sorry I can't satisfy your perception of me. I'm sorry that I can't fulfill your a version of me or your vision of me. I'm sorry I can't do it, but I'm doing the best I can. Well, you should try harder. I am. Every day, I'm trying harder. But um, you know what? You're making me feel bad, so will you please go away? <laughs> Anyway, we could talk about that another time. <laughs> we have some comebacks we could come up with. I am so glad that you made it today, that you listened to the show. I hope you got something from it. I'll be right back with my thank yous and my goodbyes and some final words right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our financial backers, our patrons of the week, 
Fetzile, Chris, Michelle, Gemma, Janet, Emily, Wanda. So grateful for all of you, and I have a feeling I uh, mispronounced one in there, but believe me, I am thinking about you, and I am appreciative of you, and it warms my heart that you support the show. Thank you, all of you. I am very grateful and honored. And if you find value in this show and you want to give back, head over to moretob.com, and there are some options to do that there. And uh, you can be part of the patron program like these people are. I'll read you some more names next week and the week after that and the week after that. So if you're in the program, you'll hear your name. Thank you, patrons, once again. And for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, we don't have those, do we? Go to loveandabuse.com. That is my other podcast. I started it way back in February of 2019. Uh, Wow, that's probably around the Valentine's month, right? What a great time to have a relationship podcast come out. I don't know if that even makes a difference, but that's when it came out. And it's more than just romantic relationships. I talk about family and friendships and sometimes even coworkers and things like that. Of all the relationships that we have, there's sometimes there are toxic elements to those relationships. Sometimes there's manipulation and people wanting to control and people saying things to you and making you feel bad or making you feel guilty. I talk about all that stuff over at loveandabuse.com. And if you're the person that's being difficult in a relationship, you find yourself hurting someone that you care about, uh, then maybe you want to change that about yourself. Maybe you're working on that. And I believe I have probably the most effective program called Healed Being that um, really walks you through the process. It took me a year and a half to put all this together, to put it together in a way that takes you step by step through the healing process so that not only do you change your behavior, but You work on your coping mechanisms, your triggers, and everything that might cause you to do hurtful behavior, and you know it's important to change that if you want long-lasting relationships. I mean, I speak from experience. I used to be hurtful. I mean, I was generous, I was kind of supporting and loving, but I was also equally uh, demanding and critical and judgmental, and I made my partners feel bad about themselves. I do not feel good about myself for the person I was back then, and I had to change that if I was going to keep any relationship in my life. And uh, my transformation I share, of course, on this show, and all the lessons I've learned and everything I know to create the most, I would say, powerful and strongest and longest-lasting relationships possible over at HealedBeing.com. That is the program that I put all my effort and energy into. You hear me talk about it probably every week, but I wanted to expand upon it today just in case you were considering it. I give away the first four lessons for free. Check it out over at healedbeing.com. And finally, thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And for my final words, let me just remind you that there's nothing better than a hero like you. The reason I say that is because You can be anyone you want to be. You can be anyone you want to be for yourself. You can show up the way you need yourself to show up. Now, there might be people out there thinking, well, how am I supposed to do that? How do I make myself uh, become this other person and become my hero? Where do I get the strength? Where do I get the mental fortitude? Where do I get the emotional ability to rise above who I am now and you know interpret that any way you want you know how do i show up as the most powerful version of myself 
I don't have a magic formula for that. I do know that when I come to a place where I need confidence, I will embody that confidence in either a movie character (laughs) I've seen or someone that I know that exudes confidence and I just pretend to be one of those people. I told the story before, but I remember I was walking in a parking lot about to enter a store and I think I was experiencing, now that I think about it, social anxiety. Like I didn't want to go into the store. I was experiencing social anxiety. I don't even know why. But I remember thinking that I didn't want to walk into the store and I didn't know how I could feel better. I just felt this anxiety and I didn't want to go in. So what do I do? And I remember something I learned a long time ago. I'm going to pretend I am the Terminator. (laughs) That means that I feel no emotion and I am invincible practically. I'm going to walk in the door as a cybernetic organism (laughs) and no one can put me down. No one can hurt me. No one will be able to make me feel anything because I'm a robot. Well, Android. I'm an Android. I can't be hurt. And so I asked myself, what would that feel like? If I was that cybernetic organism, how would that be for me? What would that feel like? And suddenly my I felt my chest come out, like puffing it out. And I was walking up taller and straighter. And I was walking with purpose. When I changed my physiology, wow, that really changed my mindset. I mean, it wasn't only my physiology, but... The whole thing, embodying that role modeling, that character from a movie, was just something that I never experienced because I I just was so into myself. I was so worried. I was so thinking about um, anxiety. I was thinking about how do I get out of this anxiety. Instead of just thinking about all that and thinking about solutions, I just decided I'm going to become this character. No one can F with me. (laughs) So I walked into the door and I felt... Uh, great. I felt fine. I am the Terminator. <laughs> and no one bothered me. I mean, no one was going to bother me because it was just a fantasy I made up in my mind. But that's what happens is that we make up these things ahead of time. So we have these fears and then we walk into these situations and we're afraid because we set ourselves up to be afraid. And It might be something we have to fear. Maybe there is a situation that we fear, but that is something that happens to us is that we develop this mindset or this thinking or this line of thinking that changes our feelings, changes our state. So if we can do that with thinking, just thinking to ourselves, it's going to be bad, why can't we also change our state by thinking that we are someone else? I am the Terminator and no one's going to bother me. And I walk in the door and no one bothers me. And if anyone messes with me, I'm going to say, get lost. (laughs) I'm going to feel good inside myself. And I became my own hero. I walked through that door. I felt great. And I've done this with other people in my life, meaning I've thought about being another person when I've had any kind of fear kick in. This is great for anxiety. Like, think about the most confident person you know and be that person. Real or fantasy, character in a movie or a person in your life, be that person. What would that person say? What would that person do? Be that person. Yes, it's acting, it's role playing, it's role modeling. And when you do this, 
you change. It's almost like dissociation where you disconnect from yourself, but you are now becoming someone else, even though it's still you. It is you being your own hero. I highly recommend you only role model the people that are, um, in your perception, stronger, not weaker. (laughs) More abilities, not fewer abilities. Do it with people that you can really look up to and admire and respect, or at least respect those abilities. Like, I can't think of ever doing this uh, role role modeling my stepfather. (laughs) I can't imagine that ever happening. My mom, sure, there's some qualities I like about her. My sisters, maybe. Uh, my brother, you know, there's all kinds of people in my life. My friend, I have another friend that I uh, would think about role modeling. He is he's great as a supervisor, as a leader, and nothing seems to bother him. Or when it bothers him, he's very resilient. So I can be him. I can ask myself, what would he do? <laughs> How would he think? How would he respond to this? And then the answer comes. This is why I believe that we have the resources we need inside of us and all we need to do is access them. And sometimes we need guidance to learn how to access them. And sometimes we need these little brain tricks to make them useful and to give us resources that we didn't know we had or create new resources. And when we have the resources we need, then we can accomplish things in our life and uh, maybe even rise above the cloudiness in our mind when it exists and see that beacon way over there because sometimes we have to be the hero we need when no one else steps up and that's okay because when you have an open mind this is how you create the life you want when you take steps to grow and evolve you are moving towards something that you may not even know exists you are creating forward momentum and that makes you powerful beyond measure And the best part of all of this is that if and when you have to step in to be your own hero, there's nothing better than a hero like you. The reason I say that is, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. 